to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. I am currently sitting on the floor of my room at my Airbnb in Austin, Texas. I'm recording this while I'm here for Paleo FX. When you hear this, actually, I will still be in Texas, but I will have been done with all of the Paleo FX shenanigans. And when I come back, I'll definitely record a podcast with an update for you guys so you can hear about everything that was covered. But in the meantime, I have this wonderful episode to entertain you. I am really excited because today's guest is my friend Michelle Strand. Michelle is a nutritional therapy consultant and the producer of Women of Impact and Health Theory, which I'm sure many of you know about. You can watch those on YouTube or listen as podcasts hosted by The Power Couple. Health Theory is hosted by Tom Bilyeu and Women of Impact hosted by Lisa Bilyeu. And I love both of them. Obviously, Health Theory is all about health, every aspect of it, some incredible names in the business are guests on that show. And then Women of Impact is all about female empowerment, which you know I'm all about. Michelle, the producer, is just one of my favorite humans on this planet. We met about a year ago, actually, a little over a year ago. So, okay, here's the story. This episode that you're hearing, we recorded at this year's NTA conference, and we actually met in person for the first time at last year's NTA conference, but we knew each other through social media, and because she does produce Health Theory and Women of Impact, and she had put me in contact with Lisa Bilyeu, who has been on this podcast. She was one of the first guests I had on after I rebranded, and great great episode. You guys should listen to that if you haven't already. That was episode 102. So go back and listen to that episode. Lisa is incredible and Michelle is just as incredible. So we met through through that connection. I had reached out to Lisa and said, hey, I would love to have you on the show. And then Lisa said, yeah, let's book it. Um, talk to Michelle. And then Michelle and I got to know each other and became friends and I just love her so much. I always have so much fun hanging out with her and eating with her. She is the most incredible cook. Uh, If you follow me on social media, you might see sometimes I go to the Women of Impact dinners that are in Beverly Hills, hosted at the Billu House, and they're incredible. And Michelle cooks... (laughs) And oh my God, I appreciate excellent food so much. She's incredible and she cracks me up. Incredibly intelligent, very hardworking, determined, just one of the most grounded people I know. And I always have a great time with her. And so I was really excited to 
get the chance to sit down and have her on the show and we chatted all about what it's like for her being the producer of multiple shows and kind of the behind the scenes of that and also what it's like interacting with so many people in the industry I think she has a really interesting and unique perspective because she's working behind the scenes but like really running all these shows and doing so much slash she has you know her own background as being a holistic nutritionist through the NTA and having worked so much on the digital media side and the marketing aspect of everything I just think I mean she blows me away with everything that she does and she's incredible at what she does and I'm really excited for you guys to hear more about the behind the scenes. We talk a little bit about pitching yourself to shows and really what it's like um, in her industry. And it's a very untraditional job that she has. And I think we both sort of bond over that. (laughs) Dealing with weird hours and your phone exploding and drawing boundaries. We cover all of that. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. You can find Michelle on Instagram at well by Michelle, Michelle Strand. She's the best. Make sure you follow her. And I am just so happy she was on the show. Hopefully she can come back on because we had so much more to talk about. We didn't even really get into her own personal health story or kind of what she's gone through there, which is always fascinating to me. We're talking a lot about work, so I'll have to have her on again. In the meantime, though, you can see more of her work if you go listen to slash watch Health Theory and or Women of Impact. They have incredible content, like so so much incredible content. It's overwhelming in the best way possible. She does an amazing job. The way the Billyus have built their business and run their business is just so incredible and inspiring. I love the way their company culture is. You'll learn all about that in this episode, so you're going to love it. Okay, now that you know a bit about Michelle and how this episode came to be, let's just hop right into this conversation with Michelle Strand. We're rolling. Rolling. We're ready. Is this your first time on a podcast? It is my first time on a podcast. I'm so excited. Welcome on. Thank you I'm for so, having me. So happy that you came on. <laughs> this is fun because you're usually behind the camera, behind the podcast, behind the production. I am. And now you're front and center. Yeah, I feel like I'm so involved in the podcast world without directly True. being in the podcast world myself. Did you ever want to be on the other side? Ooh. Um... Yes and no. Um, For a little bit, I was like, I'm going to start my own podcast. And then I ended up starting other podcasts for other people. And I don't have the time to have my own podcast. That's like an interesting role to play. I I remember like, like when I was working with Jordan, I remember thinking like, do I want to be really good at helping someone else do it? Or do I want to be in front of it? Because there's pros and cons to both Mm -hmm. you know it's like hard to decide yeah I mean it's an interesting feeling being the person behind like building someone else's career mm, in a way yeah but you are also building your career oh for sure like your for sure well okay tell everyone what you do what if I'm just like a random person like Michelle what's your job I always tell people <laughs> that I am a producer at a digital media company in Los Angeles, and That's... I produce three shows, uh, okay. health theory, relationship theory, and most recently, Women of Impact. And what do people say when you say that? 
Um, it depends on who I'm talking to. People that are familiar with the company yeah. love it. They're obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like I get people that are like, oh my gosh. <laughs> when can I come over? Yeah. When can I like come to your like, job? Can I come to a taping? <laughs> um, but a lot of people that don't know the content don't understand mm-hmm. what it is that I do. Like okay. producing is such a vague term. Uh-huh. Like what is it? What does that actually mean? So break it down. Some listeners yeah. know what it means. I mean, let's see. For each show, it's a little bit different, mm-hmm. but I'll give you kind of the broad strokes. Um, I run the shows from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. So I'm the person that is booking all of the guests for the shows. And even before booking the guests, I'm just researching random people and finding interesting people and then pitching them. Mm-hmm. So before I can even book them, they have to be a, go through an approval process. Mm-hmm. Once the guests are approved, we do like a whole research Bible on the person. Mm-hmm. We book the shoot, book the crew, schedule it out. We shoot it. Mm-hmm. On shoot days, I'm directing, which means that I'm in walkie-talkie communication in another room (laughs) with all of our cameramen Uh telling them where to move their cameras because I'm the only person that has access to looking at all six cameras Mm -hmm. at one time. And then after we shoot, I get a transcription of everything that's said. Yeah. And I go through and I cut out what I want to cut out and send it to our editor. (laughs) From there, (laughs) from there, let's see. The um, the editor sends cuts and I review it like two to three times afterwards and mm-hmm. then I schedule it out to be released. You literally do the whole thing. Whole shebang. That's a lot. For three shows. For three shows. And yeah. how are they each, how often are they like um, releasing? Is it once a week? So each show releases once a week. That's yeah. a freaking lot. Yeah. So the only one that's a little bit different is Relationship Theory. Mm-hmm. That one's shot a little bit differently, and there aren't guests on it right now. Yeah. So is it easier so without the guests? It's Yeah. It's easier, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's no guests. There's no post-production, really. Mm-hmm. We're trying to level up the show. We're adding in, like, graphics and stuff right now. Okay. But it's an easier process, for sure. It's like Katherine Heigl in The Ugly Truth. You seen yeah, this? of course I've seen it. I love she that movie. She does literally everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's, like a, <laughs> it's a little bit different <laughs> <laughs> because digital media is like the wild, wild west. Yeah. Whereas well, in the movie, she was in more traditional. Yeah. Role. Tell explain more about that. Like, what does that mean? People like the are difference like, between yeah. digital and mm-hmm. uh, like traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, well, traditional media is like what you think of when you think of TV, mm-hmm. right? Like what's on NBC and ABC and they're shot in these big studios and um, it's a whole different world mm-hmm. trying to like sell shows and pitch shows and write shows and there's a million people involved. Mm-hmm. Digital media is like a tiny crew. Mm-hmm. You're like bootstrapping everything. Mm-hmm. You, there are no rules and you yeah. just kind of do whatever you want. It's a lot of experimentation. It's yeah. a lot faster turnaround, yeah. which is exciting, yeah. but also stressful. And because it's so social media based, it's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. So we're having to constantly change our strategies and how we do things all based on how the audience reacts to something. Yeah. It, that is quick turnaround. It's like no standard too. Yeah. And I feel like what you guys are doing is very different than a, a lot of other shows. I don't know. Yeah. It seems very unique to me or maybe I just, cause I don't watch that many. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I get the question a lot 
like, oh, you produce shows, like podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, yeah, but we film it. Yeah. Like it's it's a much more intensive process to film a show Mm -hmm. than record a podcast. Yeah. So like we shoot with six cameras. Like I have a crew that I'm coordinating Mm -hmm. to film. Um, So it's a bit more like labor intensive, Mm -hmm. I guess, because we're making a visual product it's like a television it's like literally a television show that you're doing yourself and it gets turned into a podcast correct i think that's why people think because i mean i listen to it on like podcasts Mm -hmm. um sometimes i watch it on youtube um but more often it's on podcasts just because i don't sit and watch things yeah um i think that's probably why people like kind of assume it's like that but i mean imagine if someone was trying to do the ellen show with like like three people Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I honestly do compare it to, like, daytime talk shows like Ellen or um, whatever. I mean, obviously, they have more cameras, Mm -hmm. but it's so similar in so many ways. Well, it looks like a... It looks like a legit studio, yeah. like a set. Like it is a set. It is it's a legit set. It's a legit set uh-huh. in the basement of a house. Yeah, yeah. It's a real set. <laughs> you would never know. Well, okay. Let's go back to how you, like, fell into that job. When mm-hmm. did it all begin? Oh, my gosh. So it all began, like, four or five years ago, mm-hmm. I think like four years ago, when I got a job in marketing for Quest Nutrition. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Oh, that was funny. I just saw a random Craigslist ad really? back in the day. Yeah, for like some intern job. And I was I was so into Quest Nutrition at the time because I was like on a bodybuilder <laughs> diet. I was like, I'm, we'll that's all I need. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, but... I was like, I love this company. I'll do anything for them. Yeah. And so I applied for this internship and they gave me a job. But you had studied. I studied film and television production. And they were at the time Quest was starting to really do a lot of digital media stuff. So they had a YouTube channel that they were trying to grow. They were producing like any of that. Yeah. It was kind of like on the DL, but it was actually really fun content. They did like a whole animated series. Um, I produced like animated stuff is a lot of like it was so much work. It was intense. Yeah, it was really intense. Um, those took a like an absurd amount of time to produce just in post production. Mm -hmm. It was so much work. Were you involved in that? No, no, no. I wasn't. That was like that was already shot and pretty much done by the time I started. Mm -hmm. But then when I started they were starting some other shows and I wasn't even hired to do the shows. I was just hired to do like social media and stuff, but I really wanted to work on the shows. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went in after a while, once I felt more comfortable, um, I went in and talked to Lisa, Mm -hmm. Lisa Bilyeu, who's my current employer. Who's been on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. A while ago. Yeah. 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 Um, she so, was like one of the first people I had on after I rebranded. I was, and, oh, and I, yeah, you're I was right. trying to think of what episode off the top of my head. And I want to say it's like 106, but that might be okay. wrong. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, and I went into Lisa and I pitched her this whole like package for this show called Transformation mm-hmm. that we were doing at the time, which was like a weight loss show, kind of. Mm-hmm. It was like a transformation show, like people that have gone through amazing weight loss stories. That mm-hmm. was the pitch. And for me, I was like, that actually sounds like meaningful content, like for people that 
need inspiration to lose weight, like this would be mm-hmm. a really great show to work on. I felt like it had pur- purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I went in and I was like, here are guests that I found on like Instagram or on YouTube or wherever that mm-hmm. I think could be really good for the show. I watched some interviews that they did and she was like, I'm sorry, what's your name? Like we didn't, we did <laughs> yeah. not ever talk before yeah. then, but she was like, damn, okay. <laughs> like this girl can produce. Yeah. So she let me associate produce the second season of the show mm-hmm. Um, and then by the third season, I was running it. So, um, Damn. so you proved yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, I worked so hard and proved myself. What did you yeah. do? Like, tell me about that. So, so let's see back in the day. So for transformation, once I pitched everyone to Lisa and pitched my idea for the show, um, I went out and I had like pre-interviews with all of these people to see if they would be good a good fit because I was not going to put someone that wasn't going to be a good fit on a show because yeah. that's on me. Mm-hmm. So I went and interviewed all these people. I came back with like, I think, 10 people. I was like, these are solid people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to book them for the show. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, I want you to run with it. Like, go for it. So I was like, cool. And then from there, I was like, I'm just going to take over logistics of this. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at logistics. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to book the shoot. I'm going to book the host. I'm going to schedule everything. I'm going to schedule these guests. Mm -hmm. And it was an interesting show to produce because it was all um, Skype calls that were like an hour long or so that we shot 10 episodes in, I think, two days so the host did 10 different interviews mm. with people in two days so it was kind of intense for him um but it was less Wait, so what did that look like it was like them watching a skype call yeah it was an interesting setup so we had are those still available can yeah yeah you can look at them okay, yeah i'll, I'll, I'll them. give you a link um so i think we had maybe three cameras on set. So the host, mm-hmm. John Glaude, if you know him, mm-hmm. from Obese to Beast is mm-hmm. his handle. Mm-hmm. He's the nicest person yeah. on the planet. Um, he sat in a chair on set mm-hmm. with a computer in front of him and we would film, we were filmed him like from over the shoulder. We filmed him looking at the screen. We had like a wide shot that would kind of move around. Yeah. Um, so, but it was really we tried to make it as dynamic as possible because it really wasn't. It was just yeah. him looking at his computer having a conversation. Yeah. Um, but we were, of course, recording the screen of the other person. Mm-hmm. So we would cut back and forth um, between That's so John. And it was a lot in post-production, too. Yeah. So there was a lot of graphic elements that made it more engaging. Mm-hmm. But it was like it was a very short show. Mm-hmm. It was like each episode was, I don't know, seven to ten minutes, okay. something like that, yeah. cut down from an hour. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, okay, so you rock quest, and then you wiggled your way into, like, producing this show, mm-hmm. um, and then you were doing that for... So I was at Quest for, like, a year and a half, mm-hmm. so I did that show. After I did Transformation, I did two other shows for Quest. Okay. I did <laughs> I did a Facebook Live show every week where I was the host. Oh, really? Oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, and that was when Facebook Live was like new and yeah. sexy and everyone tuned in and now it's, you know, it doesn't exist. Yeah. But um, but at the time it was really fun. And yeah. then I did another show that was called Quick Bites. 
that was very like BuzzFeed style taste Uh, test. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So people would taste recipes with the Quest products. And that one I did like one man band. Yeah. Like we did this, we implemented this policy at Quest where um, it was called Passion Fridays. Uh And in the marketing team, you weren't allowed to do your regular work on Friday. You had to do a passion project. That's so cool. And so people were like, what's your passion project? And I was like, well, I want to produce more content. I want to do more shows. Yeah. They were like, okay, you have a $0 budget. Yeah. What kind of show can you produce with $0? Uh So I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here's what I came up with. And so I shot a pilot episode Uh with people just in the company Uh and showed it to them. And they were like, yeah, this is great. Run with it. Oh, my so God. So then I did, like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 episodes of that mm-hmm. show. That sounds so fun. Yeah. I like those up. Yeah, they're really funny. Yeah. They're really okay. funny. I want to see that. Okay, so then you did – so you're doing that, and then what happened? So then um, I left Quest mm-hmm. and had, like, maybe a six-month period of, like – not working, working at a job that I hated, quitting, mm-hmm. not working again, yeah. you know, like just kind of bumbling around. Yeah. And then I got a text or no, I texted Lisa, mm-hmm. Lisa Bilyeu yeah. again one day because um, she you just, just like, were you guys in context still? Like, um, not really. Okay. Like I had a really great relationship with Lisa um leaving Quest mm-hmm. like I remember I was so upset when she left because I was mm-hmm. so attached to her yeah and so because she left the company before I did mm-hmm. and so I remember I was crying mm-hmm. and she came up to me when she was saying goodbye yeah. and I like couldn't even look her in the eye because mm-hmm. I was so upset and she just looked at me and, sh- and she said we will work together again oh she was right and she was right why did you leave Quest so I I always say I left Quest, but I was they leave you. <laughs> yeah, they left me. Yeah, no, I mean the most of the marketing team was laid off. Yeah. So um business has changed. Yeah. Was, I mean that's a big company. Yeah, it was huge at the time too. Mm-hmm. We had grown so quickly yeah. and they were just changing strategy. So a lot of the team <laughs> like they didn't even left. need marketing. They don't even need marketing. Like, I know. Everyone just knows Quest bars. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're in a if you go to a gym, yeah, you know what quest bars are. Yeah. Um tonight when I asked Angela, I was like, Do you you know quest bars? She's like, No, I'm like, Oh my god. <laughs> and I was thinking, yeah, she's never she doesn't work out. Yeah, she's never you've never to been gym. to the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Um Okay, so yeah. So okay, so you're kind of bumbling around and then you texted her. Yeah. What? So I saw just on Instagram and keep in mind that Lisa at this time had like no social game whatsoever. <laughs> she posted on Instagram like once every two months yeah. or something. And then all of a sudden one week she's posting every day. And yeah. I was like, this is weird. What yeah. is she doing? And and then I saw that she released a podcast mm-hmm. with Cassie Ho from mm-hmm. Blogilates. And they had worked together before. They were really good friends. So mm-hmm. um, I wasn't that surprised. Mm-hmm. But I listened to it and it was really good. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I texted her and just said, congratulations. I'm so excited to see you doing this. It's such a great move for you. Mm-hmm. Just congrats. Mm-hmm. You know, hope you're doing well. And she texted me back and she said something like, funny you mentioned the podcast because I was going to talk to you 
about producing it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. And this was literally like a Monday morning, Mm -hmm. the week after I quit my job, like on a whim. Like I quit my job like randomly Mm -hmm. one day. And I was like, I'm not coming back here ever again. (laughs) It was a terrible job. And so, yeah. And so... I was like, well, this is interesting timing. Mm -hmm. So I go in the next day for a quote unquote interview Mm -hmm. because I already know the bill use. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do I need to interview? Yeah, really? Um, And that night she offered me the job Mm -hmm. and I started the next day. Oh, my God. So then you started producing Sheroic. Yeah. So I was producing the Sheroic Mm -hmm. podcast um, and doing all their social media for that show. Oh, you did all the social media too? Yeah. Okay. And then that is that coming back or is that done? No, no, that's okay. done. Yeah. And then after that, they started. So after that, so after Sheroic ended, um, I was kind of nervous, honestly, because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, the show that I'm producing is over. Yeah. Like, am I losing my job? Yeah. What's happening? And you know, Lisa was like, no, like we want to keep you in the yeah. company. Like, we're gonna start other shows you need to produce these mm-hmm. new shows and so I took over producing relationship theory from there mm-hmm. which is the show where Lisa and Tom talk about their relationship they give relationship advice they answer fan questions about relationships and so that at the time was like not a produced show yeah. it was like who has a question about relationships for shooting in five minutes yeah. you know and it, it was a live show at the time too mm-hmm. so it was very different um so I took over producing that show, like tightened that ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, and then from there we started Health Theory after that, mm-hmm. after a couple months. I was I was gunning really hard for Health Theory. Yeah. Because it was a show that we had talked about from the beginning. Yeah. Cause so many people ask Tom health questions mm-hmm. and we were like, why don't we just start a whole new show about this? Yeah. There's enough people here, there's a big enough audience for it. Mm-hmm. You guys love talking about health. Why would we not bring on health guests Mm -hmm. and talk about this? And there was um, a little bit of resistance only because we had such a small team at the Mm -hmm. time. But I was like, listen, I want to produce the show. Mm -hmm. I've done shows by myself before. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just do everything Mm -hmm. that I need to do to make the show happen. Um, So at the beginning, I was like a one-man band for that show. Like, I was literally, this is so funny. Obviously, I have a crew, so Mm -hmm. I never want to make it sound like I do everything because I have an amazing crew. I work with the most amazing, talented team on the planet. Yeah. Um, But at the time, there was things that I was doing where I was like, what am I doing? Like, we were producing the show. I would greet the guest. Mm -hmm. I would come in, I would have them do all the paperwork, I would put them in the desk, I would run the crew, and I was also operating a camera at the same time. So like I would go from like guest relations duty right to camera duty. And then afterwards back to guest relations Mm -hmm. and then go into the edit room and work on it. You know, like it was it was crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's what I had to do to Uh prove that the show would work. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. How long has that show been running now? Literally a year. Exactly. Oh, really? It was this weekend last year that we launched it. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Because you were saying how last time of the NTA conference, you were like, oh, my God, we're launching a show. That's crazy. Yeah, it was in the middle of launching. I don't know why I feel like it's been longer than that for some reason. Uh, It feels like it's been years and years. Yeah. And then now it's that one. And now you also have 
Women of Impact. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most recent. Yeah. So Women of Impact is the most recent. And that's mm. a that's actually a really funny story. Lisa came to me and I could tell for a while that she had been like itching to do another podcast mm-hmm. because it had been like six or seven months since Sheroic ended Mm -hmm. and she was just wanting to talk about female empowerment stuff just around the office all the time and so I could just kind of tell and she came to me one day and she was like I want to do a podcast again and I was like I was waiting for you to say that yeah and from there (laughs) we were talking about the logistics of it Mm -hmm. I was like okay We'll do Skype calls. Mm-hmm. We'll do, you know, in-person recordings if they're in L.A. Mm-hmm. It'll be super easy. We're not going to cut anything. Mm-hmm. We'll just slap on an intro and an outro and be mm-hmm. done with it. <laughs> and then it turned into, like, after this two-hour meeting, mm-hmm. I went into the meeting thinking it, I was producing a podcast. Mm-hmm. I left the meeting producing another full-fledged yeah. show with six cameras and a whole crew and oh doing a paper cut yeah. and doing a mul- you know multiple review process. Mm-hmm. So, and now it's a full it's a full show. It's a full show. Oh my god. So much. Okay, yeah. So you described everything, well not everything that you do. I mean, it's funny cuz we have such different jobs, but I like chatting with you about work stuff because I feel like you understand the like, you're just kind of always working. There's always yeah. something to be done. Yeah. And like, you have way more to do than me. Um, so, I don't know about that. No, I like, you know, like it's <laughs> three full, full on shows. Um, but I think what's really interesting is you, you work for someone else, but it's almost like you don't. In mm-hmm. that sense, I guess, because I feel like the other people who relate to me on that level, it's all, always entrepreneurs, but it's like, it's like you're an entrepreneur within a larger company to me. That's how it feels. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, totally. Like, because you're like running the shows. Right. Um, but I am curious, like more about, I think if people would think it's interesting to learn what it's like working for the bill use and like what that whole company culture is like mm, and like yeah. how you have so much autonomy and like, does everybody, is everybody like that within the company or like, you know, what is the whole culture like there? Yeah. The culture is very interesting mm-hmm. at Impact Theory. Um, it is a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with, I always say I work with the most amazing people on the planet because I do. Um, but we have a very, I would say, open and honest company culture. That's mm-hmm. the number one rule in the company is speak truth, hear truth. Mm-hmm. So everyone in the company has an obligation to say what they think and hear what other people think. About them, about their work, mm-hmm. about everything. So there are definitely some uncomfortable conversations that we have mm-hmm. as a team in front of everyone. So how is that enforced? The like you have to speak truth, hear truth. Um, I mean, it's not like people are going around checking yeah. like, what did you say yeah. today? You know, um, but it's just baked into the culture now mm-hmm. that if you don't say something or if there's like a weird energy in the room, like we can all tell. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's going on here? Um, There's really no typical office politics because of that, Mm -hmm. because we're just so out in the open with everything. Mm -hmm. So like the example that Tom always gives is the intern should be able to insult the CEO Mm -hmm. without it being a problem. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that happen. Really? Yeah. In team meetings in front of the entire company. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, 
it's like empowering for all of us because we see Tom not react harshly Mm -hmm. to things that are true Mm -hmm. from the intern's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm sure that plays into how you and I were talking about how, you know, we don't see age as indicating how intelligent someone is or how good they are at their job. Like everyone's just kind of equal level Mm -hmm. versus a lot of other people like try and pull an age card, like age is wisdom. And I'm sure that type of culture helps you kind of just see everyone as a blank slate and like show me what you got versus like i'm entitled to think you're x y or z you know oh yeah exactly the company's very young Mm -hmm. very young i work with i don't know like i think there's 25 of us now Mm -hmm. and i would say the average age is like 23 or 24 Mm -hmm. like there are some kids in the company that are 19 like we have one kid that started with us as an intern mm-hmm. when he was 16. Really? And he would ride the bus. It was, he's, he started with us at Quest yeah. when we were inside Quest. Oh my God, what a go-getter. Uh, yeah, he would take the bus after school to his internship at mm-hmm. Quest, help for like two hours before we all went home yeah. at 6 p.m. And then would come back and do it the next day, oh every day. And then he just showed up at Impact Theory. We were like, how did you get here? Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. even there at the time. So, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's a very young company. People don't really think about age. Yeah. It's about the value that you bring. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's really what's important. Like, age shouldn't matter. Yeah. And I almost think it's better to yeah. have younger people in a digital media company. Like, they're much more in tune mm-hmm. with the trends and with what's going on on social media and on YouTube. Yeah. I, I agree. I know we talked about that, but yeah. we also share about what you're telling me about like little powwows, um, where you guys like tell your feelings. Oh yeah, I mean it's part of our weekly Monday meeting. Uh-huh. So we have a we have a meeting on Monday mornings where everyone just kind of goes over everything that they're working on. We mm-hmm. announce like what shows are being released that week. Any you know accomplishments, whatever. Um, and baked into that meeting is a section called principles Mm -hmm. based off of the book principles by Ray Dalio. Mm -hmm. And we talk about anything and everything. Like it really could be, um, like Tom always gives this example. It sounds really harsh coming from me, but I'm not the one that said it. He'll always say like, um, you know, if we suggest that he gets plastic surgery on his face Uh because he doesn't look good on camera, (laughs) Like, that's something that we'll have the discussion about. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're not insulting Tom. Uh-huh. We're, in, we're trying to better the show yeah. and better the product. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that's not the best <laughs> example because that's, like, a very far out example. Yeah. But, like, I mean, some real things that we talk about, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, we, we had one conversation recently about, like, noise in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it started out as we need to be, we need to make less noise during shoots. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into this whole conversation about, um, how often we need to be like locked down to our desks. And, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like a negative conversation. Mm -hmm. It was just how people are feeling in the company. Um, and it's important to have those conversations just, I think in life, Mm -hmm. like if you don't talk about how you're feeling about something, it's just going to build up into something that it doesn't need to be. Mm -hmm. So if we didn't have that kind of open and honest conversation all the time, 
it's like who knows how people would be feeling yeah it is much better in the end and like i wanted to have this conversation on on the air because we were talking about this earlier how i think you and i both are just we say what we think and i don't take criticism as like you don't like me or you're being mean to me it's like you're trying to improve me Mm -hmm. um i mean obviously there are times when people aren't it's not constructive criticism it's just being right but a lot of people if someone you know says how they're feeling they're like you're so mean like it's this whole negative thing and it's festering it's this negative but it's just like you should be able to talk about it like talk about your feelings and get out there and then not get offended and be like oh okay i'll improve and move on yeah exactly it shouldn't be a problem yeah and that's somebody's truth Mm -hmm. like who are you to try to correct them for feeling a certain way it's like i can imagine that would be super intimidating though like for somebody who just joins just joins and they're like i don't want to say they're feeling some type of way towards their superior right Mm -hmm. like i'm scared to say it or like i mean that could be really scary to say to your ceo Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's terrifying sometimes. Yeah. Because you think, I mean, coming from a traditional job culture, Mm -hmm. like you don't insult your boss. That's like a recipe to get fired. Mm -hmm. But getting fired is literally the last thing that would possibly happen Mm -hmm. from saying how you feel in Mm -hmm. one of these meetings. Because it, it just doesn't matter about getting insulted because it's not about you yeah you know it's not about the individual people it's about the show Mm -hmm. how can we make the show better and it sounds more intense than it is it's not like we're going around insulting people all day the harshest thing you've ever heard in there like Mm -hmm. is there ever ever anything where you're like oh like here we go um i don't know that there was anything that's like i mean i guess sometimes um people have felt that they're um weekly updates are like almost less important because they're brushed over oh, okay so we we are notorious for getting off track okay. in all of our meetings i mean honestly i could see that all of our meetings like when you have a lot of big thinkers in one room yes you definitely get off track. yeah we talk about the most random things mm-hmm. all the time um And so (laughs) we time ourselves in the meeting. Like every single person gets five minutes and then we have a timer that goes off and Mm -hmm. you have to stop talking. The timer doesn't doesn't go off until you stop talking. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) so sometimes like somebody will say something and then we'll go into a discussion a team discussion around something else and the timer will go off and then they don't get to finish <laughs> what they actually meant to oh, talk about. Okay. So there have been times where people get upset about that. Cause mm-hmm. they're like, well, why is my update less important than someone else's update? You know, yeah. they got their full five minutes. Yeah. I got 30 seconds. Oh, okay. That's kind of a minor thing, yeah. but like, think about that over time. If that happened to you multiple mm-hmm. weeks in a row, like wouldn't you feel like, your opinion doesn't matter yeah. and that your job doesn't matter yeah. and that your updates don't matter. Yeah, definitely. I also think I was just thinking like having that type of thing, like on Mondays, if there's something I'm feeling, I, I just talk about it. You would be motivated to just nip it in the bud right when it happened. So it never come mm. up on Monday. Exactly. It's like creating a broader culture where it's like, if something happens in the moment where someone upsets you, you would just like learn to say it right then. Right. And then the other person wouldn't get offended and you just like move on. Yeah. Like, because there's that opening. Yeah. Well, and we have those conversations all the time too. Mm-hmm. Um, so if something happens, 
um, like, let's see, I'll give an example. So recently we had a sponsor um, that wanted to approve an ad before mm-hmm. it was released. And there was a timing issue and it was a whole thing. And um, the we had to pull the ad like 12 hours or something before the episode was being released. Now, keep in mind, these are videos yeah. and the ad is baked into the video. Yeah. So we have to go back and re-export and re-upload. Yeah. And it, it's like an hours That's long huge, process. Yeah. It's a big deal. So <laughs> so the our ad guy, um, he was like, he came to me at like 2 p.m. the day before it was being mm-hmm. released and told me this. And so in the moment, I was so upset because I was like, it was purely selfish yeah. because I was like, listen, now the epi- the episode's not going to be ready until like 8 p.m. It's yeah. not going to be uploaded until like 9 p.m. I'm going to have to stay up until 11 p.m. to schedule this out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but he just didn't understand. He yeah. wasn't being malicious. He was doing what's right for the show mm-hmm. and what's right for our relationship with that sponsor. Mm-hmm. So I had a conversation with him in that moment mm-hmm. because I was like, listen this is upsetting for me mm-hmm. because you're cutting down on my sleep mm-hmm. and that's the only thing I care about yeah. in life. And I just explained to him the process. Mm-hmm. Like here are all the steps that I now need to take mm-hmm. to get this ad out of the episode. Mm-hmm. And he needed to understand that number one, so that it wouldn't happen again. Yeah. But number two, so we can set a new rule. Mm-hmm. So we had that conversation and now there's like this immense clarity. Like if we didn't have that conversation, I would be holding on to that mm-hmm. as a grudge. And I'd be like, oh, that mm-hmm. guy, like he doesn't care about my job. Yeah. He doesn't care if I sleep at night. He just does his job and he doesn't care. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. And now they're saying that I'm like, well, no wonder when all these people, I was talking to you, it's like people are so disrespectful of like other people's schedules. But when it's someone who you're not in contact with often, it's like, why would I even have the conversation? Because this will never happen again anyways. Mm-hmm. But when people, you know, cancel last minute or they do, they have to change something and then it affects me. Like, I've had to do shit with ads too before. It's like I have to pull it out. I'm like, okay, I have to re-edit my whole podcast now. Like, right. Now, and you're telling me this at like 10 p.m. And like, you know, yeah. it's going to take me four hours. Right. Like, it's annoying. But th- I think this goes into a broader conversation that I think is important to talk about. And it's like your boundaries with work and like, how you deal with a job where you're always could be doing things mm-hmm. and it's even harder because your work i feel like like it, i feel like it's harder because your work affects other people versus for me it's just a personal issue where it's like i don't want to stop because me but you know you stopping you're like well there's so many other people on the team right you know so like how do you draw boundaries like what are, what do those look like mm-hmm. um it's really hard yeah. because there's a lot that I do. Uh-huh. Um, so it took me a while of having no boundaries to understand that I needed to create boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I know we talked about this multiple times this weekend, but like you have to experience the extremes in life to find your normal. Mm-hmm. So for me, I went through periods where I would work, I don't know, like, probably seven days a week. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't work full days on the weekends, mm-hmm. but I would work, you know, yeah. a few hours uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, and I would work from, I don't probably like 7am to 
10 p.m., mm-hmm. something like that. And I was always on. Like, I was always on my phone. If anyone needed me, I would respond right away. Mm-hmm. I would always check my email. I was always doing everything for everyone else. And it came to a point where I was like, I can't handle this anymore. Like, I'm going to break mm-hmm. or I need to, you know, create a different relationship with my mm-hmm. work-life balance. So... um a lot of just tactical things that I did. I don't have email on my phone. I don't have wow. Slack on my phone. Oh, like wow. Slack is how we communicate yeah. the most in our company. I don't have it on my phone. So when you decided to take those off your phone, did you have to like tell like Lisa? Like, yeah, yeah. So I told, I told everyone in the company, I tell people in the company all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm very outspoken yeah. about do not contact me <laughs> when I don't want to be contacted. Yeah. Um, so they know that I don't have Slack on my phone. They know that I don't have email on my phone. If it's an emergency, someone will text me. But I always tell people, don't have emergencies. Yeah, true. <laughs> like, I start telling people that. Yeah, like, yeah. So <laughs> there's no need for you to text Call me about an ad. Oh <laughs> yeah. So... um yeah, I don't have anything on my phone. Yeah. I I don't get notifications on my phone from Good. 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Good. Um, but it is interesting because I work with a couple people that are overseas. Mm-hmm. So we have the exact opposite schedule. I know. You're telling me about, I'm like, <laughs> you're in the wrong hours there. <laughs> yeah. So there are times where like I will check my phone when, it, when I wake up mm-hmm. and I'll have an absurd amount of text messages Mm -hmm. because that's just the reality. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it's always looking at the bigger picture of the show and Mm -hmm. like me getting text messages at four in the morning or whatever. It's not to bother me. Mm -hmm. Like that's not that person's intention. Mm -hmm. That person's intention is to do the right thing for the show. Mm -hmm. So that was another part of my boundary setting, if Mm -hmm. you will is to understand other people's intentions and not get upset when my personal boundaries are crossed. Yeah. Well, it also relates back to this issue of like, and I talk about this all the time, but technology right now, you know, how you're saying, okay, and I do this too. I mean, I totally do it. I think of something and I know I'm going to forget it unless I say it right then. So I'll text a person. And I'm like, oh, can you do this for me? Like what, you know, you just text someone. You're like, like they'll just respond when they're ready. But like, they see it then. And mm-hmm. we don't think of it the same way as if if I was in the same room as somebody and something popped in my head about them and I was watching them talk to five other people, I wouldn't just walk up to them, like, poke on the show, like, I need to talk to you about this right now. Can you go pull this, like, for yeah. me? They'd be like, I'm in a conversation. But because we don't visually see that happening, we just say, oh, we'll text them, you know? Right. And so when you're, when you're like, giving that notification, you don't think of it that way. But when you're receiving it, like, I know for me, I look at my phone and I'm like, oh, my God. I I can't even look at my phone because now yeah. my work to-do lists are, like, mixed in with, like, personal life things. And you can't escape it. And I can't mark it on red. Mm-hmm. And now I just know. But it's, yeah. like, I don't know. Like, th- that's what's hard is because people go at it after. They're trying to, like, tell you something before they forget yeah exactly but then it comes in when you're on your off time and then there's like a resentment there and it's like right you're disturbing me and then that goes back to principles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that goes back to announcing your boundaries maybe everyone needs work phones 
That would be amazing. Actually, like I'm not thinking about this. Yeah. I mean, don't you think about like, like separation? Our parents' generation. Yeah. When like they did not take their work home with them. Mm-hmm. They had a computer at work. Yeah. And then when they shut down, they weren't thinking about work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's just an unfortunate reality of mm-hmm. the world that we live in today is we're always accessible and we're always mm-hmm. working. It's also interesting because it's like you work in a house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's super confusing too. Like you guys, are, it's like an office in a house within a house. Like so yeah. many boundaries are not, yeah, are not there. Slash, like when you have a job, like the job you have, it's it's not just a working relationship. You know, like you're very close with those people. It's like a family. Mm-hmm. You know, not oh companies, yeah, not all jobs and companies are like that. You right. Know? But like your type of job, it's like so many boundaries are crossed. Like you're working in your employer's home. Right. Like you guys are all in there. You all are very close. Like, I mean, yeah, that's, God, that's like literally <laughs> like working with family. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and we're super close. Like yeah. as a team, we are so bonded together. It's mm-hmm. It's crazy. What do you think that's a function of just like being around each other all the time? Um, do you guys do like little team things? I think it's a function of a lot of things. I think it's being around each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, being in a house does create a very different environment mm-hmm. than being in an office because we're close to each other. We're just physically closer mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. So when I first started, we would sit around one table and we would all work together at yeah. one table. Like, that's crazy. No one does that in an office. Um, Now we're a bit more spread out around the house. And, like, granted, this is, like, a Beverly Hills mansion. Yeah. Like, it's not like I'm in a two-bedroom yeah, house, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's, like, we have space for sure. Um, But it just creates a different environment. You know, people are cooking their meals together in the yeah. kitchen. Like, there is that family element. And yeah. you're sitting in a kitchen. You're sitting at the kitchen table having lunch with people. Yeah. Like, you're not sitting at your desk. Yeah. You know, we don't God. even I don't even have like a a real desk. I have a desk, yeah. but when you I can't I'm just thinking like working in a company like that and then if you ever had to go back to a normal it's like you can't. I couldn't. No. It's like there's just no way. No. It would be so weird. And we're even we're starting to outgrow the house now mm-hmm. and so we're talking about at some point mm-hmm. finding office space. I don't know when that's going to be, probably within the next like 2 years, would I would you guess. Like that though? I don't know how I I'm going like to feel about it. It would feel really different. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. It would be weird for sure. Um kind of going back, I mean, with work stuff, I like I kind of want you to share more about like if there's anything what do you wish people knew about your job that they might not realize, like being a producer, like what you have to deal with. Like, is there? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I feel like especially with dealing with people, which yeah. we were kind of touching on before, like what it's like, to, like with guests mm-hmm. um, and the kind of thing where it's like other people's actions impact you or when you're the producer of this show and people are trying to get to Lisa through you, mm-hmm. like all of those little things. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple thoughts. Um, I know I was talking earlier a lot about the tactical things that mm-hmm. I do for each episode. Like I schedule the crew, mm-hmm. I do the paper cut, I review the episode, all of that. But running a show is very much overseeing the vision of the show on mm-hmm. a, on a long-term scale Mm -hmm. so 
I think about all the time, what does the show look like in five years? Mm. Where do we want to be then? I'm not thinking always about what do I need to do to get this week's episode out? Mm -hmm. It's bigger than that. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that producing is, um, it's very important in the job. Um, But it's also a lot of relationship building for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, Maintaining relationships. Hollywood is built on relationships Mm -hmm. and who you know. So it's important that you keep those relationships strong, keep them fresh. Do you feel pressure as like an extension of the bill use? Ooh, that's a juicy question. Um, Yeah. In a way, yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like um, it's not a bad pressure by any means, but I do represent them Mm -hmm. and represent the company when I'm out talking about the Mm show. Um, And I would never want to represent them in a negative light. Mm -hmm. So um, it is important that my being and myself very much reflects the mission of the show Mm -hmm. and the ethos of the company. Mm -hmm. I have to act in accordance with that kind of at all times, Mm -hmm. which isn't a bad thing. I love the ethos of the company. It's so baked into who I am as a person. Yeah. But there is a little pressure there for yeah. sure. I know. You know. I always think that it's like yeah. dealing with all these people. It's like because you are and they might know you through Lisa, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. OK, I have to take on this. Yeah. Well, no, it's hard. I mean, we were talking about this before, mm-hmm. but a lot of the message that we put out is like hustle, 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 mm-hmm. work for what you want. Mm-hmm. And I don't always agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a time and a place for it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a certain type of person that that message resonates. Mm -hmm. But for me, that's not the message that resonates with me. Yeah. Well, what message resonates with you? Um, Ooh, I love that. I love this conversation, the hustling versus the like, you know, I don't even know what the, what you would call the other side of it, but you have the wellness people who are like self care Sundays slow every down. day. Yeah, it's yeah. Like slow, slow, slow. And then every any other people are like hustle, hustle, hustle. Like mm-hmm. work hard, play hard, or yeah. like just only work hard. And I'm like, why do we have to be on one end of the spectrum? Like, there are okay. I'll just say mine. Like, I just feel like there are seasons of life where you have to hustle hard, but then you balance out with seasons where you don't. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's not a whole season. Maybe it's like. When you're at work, you work hard, but then you come home and you rest hard. Like, yes. Like, <laughs> work hard, rest hard. Yeah, like, you know, and you can play hard, too, on the weekends. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, people hate the word balance, and I used to, too, but it, it, it's, a, it's a word. And mm-hmm. what are words, right, other than to convey meaning? Thank you, Dr. Jillian Brighton. <laughs> but, like, that's what it is. Like, yeah. I don't – It like, the whole hustling so hard all day every day doesn't resonate with me, but neither does, like – my whole life is super slow. Like I need something, mm-hmm. I need to push myself and then I need to rest and then push and rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there are seasons for sure. But I also think it's important that when you're in that hustle mode that you feel like you're working towards something that's meaningful yeah, to you. exactly. That makes the hustle worth it. Like if you're hustling solely for money, exam- for an example, um, or if you're hustling um, for a job that you don't actually like, mm-hmm. that's where I think the real problem comes from. Yeah. Because I love what I do. So yeah, it sucks when I have to stay up until midnight yeah. scheduling out episodes because like the episode wasn't uploaded mm-hmm. at the time that I would like it to yeah. be uploaded. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm trying to think about 
who's going to see this tomorrow morning? Mm -hmm. And who would be upset if it wasn't uploaded at the right time? Like there's an audience that's waiting for this to to be released. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge group of people like our show, our shows, plural, like they make a huge impact on people's lives. Mm -hmm. And if we were to miss a week because I felt like I was, you know, too tired to work. That's very selfish Mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. Now, look, I don't think that's okay every single week. Mm -hmm. I don't want to work until midnight Mm -hmm. every night. That's crazy. That's going to lead to burnout for sure. But having something that you're working towards Mm -hmm. while you're in that hustle mode is essential. Mm -hmm. Like if I didn't feel like my job was purposeful or was making a difference, I couldn't hustle for it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, yeah, it doesn't feel like so much of a hustle. Like. Yeah. When you like it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, I'm curious to talk to you about this because Mm -hmm. I feel like part of what keeps my hustle going is my team around me. Mm -hmm. Like I genuinely love the people that I work with and they motivate me and they inspire me every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know where I'd be without them, but how do you deal with that? Because (laughs) you are a solopreneur. I know. You mean like, because you feel like you see other people working hard yeah, like, like I see other same, people working hard yeah. and um, and they I have people constantly pushing me to work hard. Mm-hmm. I think that that's part of a personality trait that, you know, there are people in this world who are meant to be entrepreneurs and others who aren't. And it's not right or wrong one way or the other. It's like and, you know, I see people it's interesting in this day and age where more and more people want to be an entrepreneur and they see this financial freedom and they see like a general freedom from it. So then they try, but not everyone's cut out to do it. And I've had plenty of friends who, you know, blog, maybe they work for another, they have a regular job and they try and like just do blogging or podcasting full time and they crash and fail because they don't have the personality type to push themselves, like kick themselves in the ass. Mm -hmm. And like, um, I think that's why a lot of people who do what I do burn themselves out because we have the personality type where it's like, we're going to go, go, go unless someone pulls us the other direction. So, Mm -hmm. um, whereas if you're somebody who is able to easily be like, I need to go to bed right now. Um, I don't know. It's like, we're such extremists. Like if you're Mm -hmm. somebody who's like, I need to go to bed right now and that's easy for you, you're probably also the type of person who doesn't hustle hard enough to make moves. Like, because if I don't, you know, if I'm really tired, I guess almost in another – when you have a team, I feel like if I had a team, I'd slack off more because mm. I'd be like, if I don't pull through right now, like someone else can do it. Oh, okay. Versus when it's just me, I'm like, I mean, if I don't finish this post, like no one else is going to finish it. If I don't finish this podcast, yeah. like, who else is going to finish it? Yeah. Like, how am I going to make money? Like I have people depending on me and I also – um, I – feel pressure when no one else has put pressure on me oh you put pressure on yourself but like i imagine that other people i'm like people are counting on me Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't know who they are yeah (laughs) yeah they're there right yeah i think a lot of other people roll through life um this has to do with like me also feeling things harder than other people Mm. and like i don't want to let people down and you know i think we all know people who 
they get insulted, they don't care. You know, they they let someone down, they don't care. They cancel on you last minute, they don't care. Like, they just roll through life, like, blissfully ignorant. Like, um, that's one personality type. And then there's the other, like, opposite where I feel everything. And I'm like, if I do something, oh, my God, they're going to be so upset with mm-hmm. me. It's like, who's going to be upset with you? Yeah. Like, no one freaking cares. But yeah. because I built that up in my head, um, it motivates me. So, mm-hmm. I guess I imagine I have, I have more people right yeah i think it's just a personality thing honestly yeah Um, yeah and i mean i don't think either is right or wrong yeah like being an entrepreneur is very hot right now it's Mm -hmm. very trendy um so i think a lot of people think that that's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. but for a lot of people it's it's just not right for them i think there are more people doing it than should yeah because i see especially in la and i've talked about this before it's like there's so many entrepreneurs in LA and I'm like, what do you do all day? Like mm-hmm. I structure myself, <laughs> I structure myself out and I'm like doing something all the time, like actually working. But there are plenty of people who have the same exact job who just go get coffee every day and like go out for right. lunch and then they take pictures. And I'm like, are you ever actually making any content or doing anything? Like right. where, where is the work, you know? Um, so there's like different ways to do the same job. We right. were talking about this with like fitness influencers. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, some of them literally don't have a job. Right. <laughs> like, what do you do besides like take a picture and post yeah. it? But then there are other fitness influencers who have a full on business and are working their asses off. But like on the outside, it looks like the same thing. And you right. just can't even tell. You can't tell. Unless I you're know. behind the scenes. Yeah. So it's crazy. Well, and that's something that I always tell people and that I always tell myself is that if your content isn't bringing value, mm-hmm. why are you doing it? Yeah. If you're posting, like, I don't want to like For harp person, on the fitness yeah. influencers, but no, it's like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, if you're posting a picture of your butt, mm-hmm. who benefits from that? Yes. I ask myself that every day. No one. People you're only causing yeah. more harm than yeah, good. You are. Yeah. You know, so there are not, everyone does that. Obviously like, there are fitness influencers that post amazing content, mm-hmm. um, really like great workouts mm-hmm. online. And I think that's part of the beauty of social media is that you can like easily access all of this amazing information, but it's hard to sort through what's real and what's total BS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, that's probably a good way actually to gauge. Does this person actually have a job? Like mm-hmm. if they're making any, something that's meaningful, they're probably putting, more work into the back end of things than you realize, you know? Yeah. Um, and if they're just posting a picture of their butt and being like, booty work, <laughs> hashtag booty work, they probably don't have a full yeah. business going. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts. For yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, we were talking earlier too about diversifying your business. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a sign of somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. If your business is posting pictures of your butt on Instagram, yeah. that's going to die real soon. Yeah, same. What else are you doing? Day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we were thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, that was that's a good conversation. It's like keep growing. And then also, but it's like, or the people who start a project and then like quit and then do something totally different and they just keep starting things and never finishing things. Mm-hmm. And like, where's, where are you sticking versus mm-hmm. like, start something finish it and then build off of it and like start a smaller project related to it within that bigger brand yeah but so many people i mean i feel like i see a lot of influencers doing that they're like oh i'm starting x y or z and then they like never really finish and they start something else and i'm like yeah is this all connected at all like because you like just connect it right right well and i'm all for people like trying things out like i think that's really important to Mm -hmm 
figure out what you like is mm-hmm. to first figure out what you don't like. But I guess my problem with it is when you try to do everything and mm-hmm. you try to be everything and it makes no sense mm-hmm. jumping from one thing to the other because you're still holding on to the identities of yeah. your past projects. Mm-hmm. So that would be like me still identifying as like, you know, a super fitness person. Yeah. Like back in the day, it's like I don't identify like that yeah. anymore because I have moved past it. Mm-hmm. Like that was a phase in my life. It's mm-hmm. not who I am today. Mm-hmm. Not a, I'm nothing against fitness. I love fitness. <laughs> but like for a while, like that was who I identified as. Yeah. And so that was a phase and I moved on and I'm not trying to hold on to it as if it's still part of my life mm-hmm. in a major way because it's mm-hmm. not. Gotta go into bigger and better things. Exactly. Speaking of which, I mean, I do, I also, I really want to have this conversation on here about, like, etiquette. Um, (laughs) When you're trying to pitch yourself to a show Mm. or a person, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like, I know a lot of people are contacting you, like, they want to get on the show. Like, they want to be a part of it. They want to be in x y or z like i don't i'm i'm i don't know people do people try and like pitch themselves to get into like women of impact stuff like um yeah i get i get a lot of pitches um for people that want to be guests on the show um and listen i think everyone has an amazing story to Mm -hmm. share not everyone is a great fit for our show Mm -hmm. and our uh, message that we're getting across not everyone is going to be a great fit with lisa Mm -hmm. so it's really nothing personal mm-hmm. when I have to turn these people down. But if you're pitching yourself to me to be a guest on our show, mm-hmm. think about what value you would bring to our show. Mm-hmm. What kind of conversation do you imagine yourself having with Lisa on the mm-hmm. show? Is that an hour long conversation? Because that's how long our show is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So you have to think about that. Not just, I have a story <laughs> about my life yeah and i'm trying to sell my new book that's about my story mm-hmm. have me on your show yeah that almost never works unless you're oprah mm-hmm. who's welcome any day of the week yeah. like oprah, if you're listening <laughs> yeah. oprah, if you're listening call me um well but see and i totally agree and what people don't realize is this applies to not just if you're trying to pitch yourself onto a show any request in life, if you're trying to pitch yourself to any job or any person, mm-hmm. you have to think about how I'm asking something of you, right? But how is this going to benefit that other person? Like mm-hmm. if I'm pitching, okay, let's say, Michelle, I'm pitching myself to you. Like I am sh- not sitting here saying why I'm so great. I'm saying like you need me because I'm going to help you in this way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's a reciprocal relationship. Yeah. Both of us have to benefit from whatever you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to be on the show, like there's a lot that you should think about before you pitch yourself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have PR teams that do this for them. Mm-hmm. But I do get people that individually will reach out. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how does it benefit us as a mm-hmm. show? How does it benefit? Um, sometimes like I think about how does it benefit me personally? Yeah, true. Um, how does it benefit the company as a whole? Mm-hmm. And how does your message benefit our audience? Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. We're always thinking about is this person or this conversation on brand and 
on message for mm-hmm. what we're trying to talk about. Yeah. That's what's most important. Is it going to resonate with our audience? Mm-hmm. Because if it's not going to resonate with our audience, if the episode is going to tank mm-hmm. because no one cares about this topic, why would we have you on? So it's really nothing personal. It's about, it's like, it, it's a business decision, yeah, you know? It is. So if you're pitching yourself, like look at the previous guests that we've had on the show. Mm-hmm. Are you on that level yeah well you know that's the other important thing is like when you're pitching yourself like it has to be a match like i'm like and i've talked like i'm i'm not gonna go up to freaking ellen degeneres and be like can i be on your show like that's not a match like i'm not the ellen show right you know like and that's what's hard for people and i know it sounds mean for people to hear but this is wellness realness Mm -hmm. and like you have to be honest with yourself like if you are you know if you're up on a if you're a podcaster and you know you have 20 episodes and you're trying to pitch yourself to a podcast that's been on air for a year and has a ton of downloads like no i'm Mm -hmm. sorry like you just collaborate with people who are on your level so you are both benefiting the same amount because otherwise it just comes across as you're trying to use the person right and it's just like Mm -hmm. i don't know and it also comes off as more i don't know i think about I feel like if I were you and some sometimes if people pitch themselves, I'd be like, I've had like Dr. Gundry on this show. Mm-hmm. Like I've had like, like big, na- I've had yeah. Dave Asprey on this show and like, you can't just walk in and like walk on the set, right? right. Like right. you have to be realistic yeah. about that. You have to like build, like work up to that to right. kind of like where you're pitching yourself. Like, right. I don't know. And I just, I know we're, I know we're talking about this in terms of like pitching our, like, to a show but it's like this with anything you ask of another person like yeah. any favor yeah any favor it's a life skill that yeah. everyone needs to learn but people are really ballsy now I, mm-hmm. is, this a, is this like a generational thing or is it just now i feel like it's because of technology yeah well people think that they have access to everyone that they see on instagram mm-hmm. all the time and that's just not true mm-hmm. like people don't really do this with me because I'm not, (laughs) I'm not really like a huge Instagram influencer personally, but, um, but people do, I think feel like because they feel connected to a person because Mm -hmm. they watch their stories. Like you have a, a like window into that person's life that wouldn't exist without technology. Mm -hmm. So in a way you feel like you know them, Mm -hmm. but you can never know them. Mm -hmm if you don't have like an in-person connection with them, yeah. like a real connection. No, so yeah. it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard um, in that way. Um, because I think, I mean, it's just in general, it's hard to have real person connections Yeah. today. Like mm-hmm. it's just a reality and it's something that technology has created yeah. for sure. People don't have to go through Okay, imagine if you imagine like 30 years ago you saw a celebrity and you're like you wanted to meet them. Like you would have to build up the courage. Like you see them across the room and you're like, "Oh my god, I got to go up there and introduce myself." Like people don't feel like they don't have to do that anymore. Instead, they can just shoot them a DM. Yeah. You know, they mm-hmm. don't have to build up any courage in it. Like I don't know, it's almost like with online dating. It's like a lot pe- uh, dating sucks now because no one has to freaking build up the courage to like 
talk to somebody when they mm-hmm. don't know if they think they're attractive or not yet. Like you've already yeah. both like, liked each other and you yeah. already both have established that you think you're both attractive. So no yeah. one's like nervous about it. And like, that's an important character building skill, I think. To yeah. like go through that. I might be rejected. I'm putting myself out there. But it's the same thing with like social media or like back to the DMs. Like, I mean, my DMs are off unless I follow you. But I'm like, imagine, and but people still go and message me and like, as if we're just having a conversation. And it's mm-hmm. not that, like, I don't want to have a connection with you. Like, I love all my followers and I wish I could get to know everybody. But it's just overwhelming. Like, imagine if imagine if every single person you ever saw had your phone number and could just text you. Because <laughs> that's what it feels like. It's yeah. Like, like, all these people I don't know are just like, hey, can you help me with this? Can you do me? Like, asking me all these favors or like, questions. And it's like, I want... I want to respond, but I need, like, I need a boundary at some point. Like, you can't mm-hmm. all have my phone number. And that's how DMs will start to feel. Right. Like, if everybody can just message you at any time. Right. You know, like, I'm not always available. Like, my closest friends, I'm not always available to. Like, they'll know. Like, mm-hmm. like I have plenty of friends where we joke. I'm like, like, you won't hear from me in two weeks. Like, yeah. But, well, right now, ask person on the internet thinks they can get access to me in an hour. Like, yeah. That's yeah. just, who, no matter who you are, like, you got to have some boundaries. Right. Yeah, no, it's important to set those boundaries. And I mean, it goes back to like, what value are you bringing to this mm-hmm. conversation? Like, if you're going to take time out of my day, yeah, what what value are you bringing to me? Well, it's, it's like mm-hmm. how we're talking about when people are like, let's hop on a call. I'm like, right. Whoa. That's aggressive. That's really aggressive. Yeah. Like, you've been just yeah. answering this email at the same time <laughs> on my day. But I think people don't understand why that's not why that's not acceptable Mm -hmm. or even like I've talked before on my stories about like if you're trying to contact me and you're DMing me I mean we have a bigger issue like Mm -hmm. that's not okay and I got somebody DMing they go well then how am I supposed to contact you it's so creepy to look up someone's email it's creepy I was like it's professional (laughs) like like, that's what's happening or same with like I think people genuinely don't understand why it's unacceptable to ask somebody to hop on a call like mm-hmm. that Just immediately yeah. right off the bat yeah yeah can you shed some light on this yeah i mean <laughs> listen <laughs> i mean here's, here's the real i've real. never I, I would never make a business decision mm-hmm. off of a dm yeah <laughs> ever ever um if you don't email me it's not real mm-hmm in my mind, like mm-hmm. if you're trying to do something with business, mm-hmm. if it's not in my inbox, yeah. it's it doesn't exist. I'm not going to multiple places to mm-hmm. look for who can I help today. Mm-hmm. Like I have too much on my to-do list. Yeah. And checking my DMs or talking to people that, um, you know, are trying to just get something out of me, mm-hmm. use me to get to other people, like we talked about. Um, I don't have time for that. And yeah. it's, again, like, it's not personal. Mm-hmm. It's really not. And people take it personally. But think about all of the other things that I have going on in my day. Mm-hmm. It it just, I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to be mean. It's just a function of everything else on my to-do list comes yeah. before and my to-do list is never done. Yeah. So I literally never get to forwarding your message to Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just never, it never gets done. Well, that still just blows my mind. Like, the people, they go to, I mean, it doesn't blow my mind because the same thing happened to me with when yeah. I went for Jordan. But, like, that 
why is that a good idea to somebody like yeah they'll go through you to be like can you send this to lisa like right if you don't have access to lisa there's a reason you don't have access to her right you can't like cheat the system yeah and it's same with like the dms it's like if you want to be taken seriously you need to go the professional route and to me if somebody sends me a long message through dm i'm like you're not serious about that you want help because that's the lazy the lazy man's answer like oh just literally press message on Mm -hmm. (laughs) on social media rather than like I care about this person's opinion. I'm going to respect their boundaries. I'm going to look at the, find as if finding an email address is hard. Like <laughs> it is all over my website. There's a freaking like, contact form. You can press email on Instagram. Like it's one yeah. different button. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just because people try and keep it casual because they're nervous. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. It's um like the stakes are lower mm-hmm. on Instagram mm-hmm. for sure. God, um, grow a pair of balls and email me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what an email is just so much more professional. Yeah. There's so much more that you can get done via mm-hmm. email. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The business inquiries. I'm just, well, yeah. I think about like, okay, when you're looking for, I don't know, I guess to, I just think about like when I'm trying, when I want, when I'm going to take someone seriously, how are they contacting me? And it's like, they're going to email me. Mm-hmm. They're going to treat me like a professional and then I'll treat them like a professional professional yeah well and i think there's this message too that's like if you want to work for a company or do something for a company like you Mm -hmm. need to do everything you can to get to them you know Mm -hmm. like show them how badly you want it Mm -hmm. like i think that's a message that people are i don't know if that's like a real message that's out there if that's just the interpretation Mm -hmm. but that's how it feels on my end for sure um and i get that like hustle yeah. do what you need to do but again it always comes back to what value are you going to bring mm-hmm. to me or to the company or to the show or whatever it is because at the end of the day it's not about me as an individual it's not about lisa it's not about tom it's about building a show mm-hmm. right now and ultimately building a studio yeah so is your dm gonna help us build a studio yeah. or is it gonna waste 10 minutes of my day yeah and yeah you know think about how they're coming across it's like you want to come across as selfish or lazy yeah and like to me it's like a lot of these inquiries it's like a selfish thing Mm -hmm. it's just like me 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 i'm like no show that you're a Mm go-getter first of all show you okay whenever you want something from anyone in life you don't want to just be one in the crowd you want to be one other person sliding into someone's dms or do you want right. to like, make a splash? Like, right. you know, I tell this story all the time. It's like, how did I get that job with Jordan? Like, I went up to her. Like, I bared my soul with her. I literally, I brought my resume. I was like, no one else would ever do this. Mm-hmm. I shoved it in her face. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to work. I, I need to work for you. You need me. And these are all the things I'll do for you. And this is the way I will grow your company. Yeah. There we have how, like, first of all, I'm making a statement. I'm standing out. Second of all, I'm telling you how I'm going to benefit you, why you need me. Third of all, it's about your company, not what I need. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's unselfish. Well, and that's exactly what I did at Quest Yeah, when I started Transformation. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say that. I didn't start the show. Mm-hmm. I produced the second and third seasons. But um, Lisa didn't really know who I was mm-hmm. at the time. But I booked a meeting with her through email, mm-hmm. not through DM. <laughs> and I pitched her a show. Mm-hmm. And then I went out and I proved myself mm-hmm. that I could do it. it it's not like after that one meeting she 
let me just be the showrunner. Yeah. You know, like it, I went through months mm-hmm. of really hard work and proving myself. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like I do that every day. Yeah. You know, like you're never going to be done proving yourself. Mm-hmm. There's no like end goal yeah. to my job. Like we're always growing. So I'm always striving to be better. Mm-hmm. There's no like, okay, I've reached it. I'm here. I'm done. Yeah. No, that doesn't exist. Oh, I, well, yeah, that would be an unsatisfying life. Yeah. For me, at least. Yeah, but I think that's, I mean, maybe that's how a lot of people see it. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, you get the thing that you want Mm. and then you've reached it. You're there. People are stuck in unhappiness because they're like, I got to reach this goal and then I'll be done. But it's like, you're never done. So you have to enjoy what's happening. Yeah. Well, and even when you reach that goal, Mm -hmm. like for me, at least, it's always like, what's, the next goal yeah exactly you know like, let's like keep going okay okay i did it yeah let's move on you know and i don't even i don't even necessarily think of it because i don't set very intentional goals mm-hmm. which i know is like counterintuitive to yeah. what is said like oh you should write your goals yeah. down and like i have loose goals mm-hmm. i suppose but looking back you know on everything that i've accomplished it's fun to see how much i've grown mm-hmm without having to think about it as milestones Mm -hmm. in the moment yeah does that make sense yeah it makes total sense yeah well i feel like i mean even like okay so i guess i met you a year ago yeah but like i feel like you've grown so much i like just from afar like barely kind of knowing what's going on but i just remember like you know when you're talking like i booked lisa through you and like you can kind of just like tell how things are going and then like watching as you guys started, you know, putting on these other shows and then like, mm-hmm. getting to know you more and like the women of impact dinners and seeing, I'm like, like, I feel like I'm watching everything and I see all this stuff you're doing. Like, okay. Also it's like, ran- okay. You do all this stuff for the shows. And then it's like <laughs> women of impact dinners. You like coordinating the whole freaking event and like cooking the whole meal. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, did she yeah. run the house? Like, yeah. The like, women of impact dinners. Those are fun. We do them like every couple months. Yeah, so it's so not fun. like a weekly part of my mm-hmm. job by any means. But, um, I think one of my main passions in life is cooking. Mm-hmm. I love to cook. And so when we were planning to do these dinners originally, we were going to hire a chef to mm-hmm. do it. And I was kind of involved in planning the dinner because it was associated with the show, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like directly planning it. Mm-hmm. Um, our the our chief of staff, who's amazing, mm-hmm. um, she was really the one that was like running the show on the first dinner. And then last minute, the chef fell through. Mm. And... And we were like, what are we going to do? Are we just going to get like catering from Mendocino Farms? Like that's not the vibe yeah. that we want to have at this. And so I was so nervous to ask this because I was like, okay, they're probably going to say no because they, they've they never had my cooking. Yeah. But I'm just going to ask. Yeah. Like what's the harm in asking? And so I just said to Lisa in June, I was like, what do you guys think about me cooking the dinner yeah and they were like um do you feel comfortable (laughs) and i was like yeah yeah i love cooking for people like i'm the person at thanksgiving dinner that like yeah i love cooking yeah as much of the meal as possible Mm -hmm. so i was like um hell yeah i feel comfortable doing Mm -hmm. it and so they let me do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i don't know why but they let me cook the meal it was like I don't know, 20 or 25 women Mm -hmm. at the first one. 
And now it's just kind of baked into that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Because the whole theme of the dinner, I like to describe it as women supporting women. Mm -hmm. So everything that we do at the dinners Mm -hmm. um, is Mm female-centered. So we have gift bags. Every product in the gift bag is by a female-started company. Mm -hmm. We have bartenders that Mm -hmm. are females. Mm -hmm. We have... um, I mean, everything that we do is, is female-based. I don't, like, go to any events. But, like, those, I'm, like, I go... I'm, like, yeah. this is the only thing I go to, and I'll drive up to L.A. for it, because everyone... Okay, first of all, just the vibes. Like, just the vibes. It's so fun. Yeah, and... But everyone there is such a badass from all different careers, and, like, making impacts in different ways. And yeah. it's not all, like... Sometimes I just get... I'm, like, us... All of us in the health space, I'm, like... Okay, it's like super similar and I'm kind of bored. And so I like meeting people who are just in all these different careers that I I don't usually get to be in contact with, you know, Um, and everyone there is unselfish and like working towards a bigger vision. And I feel like I talk to a lot of my friends about like career goals and it's very just like me, 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 like how am I going to improve my career? And all these women, you talk to them about what they're doing and they have these huge goals visions about how they're going to change the universe mm-hmm. like how they're going to impact other people not about like how am i growing my business it's yeah. like what what project am i working on that's improving everyone else right and like and that's, that's hard to find that's literally how we assess who's invited to yeah. the dinner is what impact is this person having on the world mm-hmm. on the world yeah that's huge not just is this person successful mm-hmm. like that's not really yeah something we care about Mm -hmm. that doesn't that doesn't matter there's lots of successful people out there yeah and it's like what kind of vibe do we want to have and the vibe is very much supportive yeah it is yeah Yeah. like people ask all the time like they'll be i hear people talking about oh you know what do you do what do you Mm -hmm. do like seems like small talk but the conversation always ends up being like what can I do to support you? Yeah. What connections can uh-huh. I make for you? That's what it is. That's what, when the first time I went, I was so like, I've never been in an environment like this where so many women are like, you want to share ideas with everybody because everyone wants to help each other. Right. Versus like, usually with women, you don't want to share ideas because you're like, someone's going to steal it. Mm-hmm. It's like that type of attitude. But everyone is like, oh, I'll connect you with this person. They'll help you put this together. Like, how mm-hmm. can I get involved? And like, there's yeah. nothing like it. It's crazy, especially yeah. in LA. That's why it's so yeah. crazy to wrap your head around. Where yeah. LA is like, you trust no one. <laughs> They'll eat you alive, right? Yeah. But like, that's why, yeah, it's such an incredible group of women that you well, guys have. And I think we try to make it as least or as little, uh, what is what am I trying to say? Like, not snooty mm-hmm. at all. It's not at You all. know, yeah. like, literally our Christmas party was Christmas pajamas themed. I bought some just for that. And I have slept in them every night. Since. Yeah. Like we had all these high powered women yeah. came in their pajamas mm-hmm. and we sat on the floor mm-hmm. and ate cauliflower soup. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> you know, God. it was like, it was super casual. Yeah. And, and super fun. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Well, kind of along this line, you meet a lot of high powered individuals, mm-hmm. men and women with your job. Um, yeah what is that like for you especially at the beginning like and we've talked about this before you know people are probably like oh my god you got to meet x y or z like Mm -hmm. what was that like and i don't know how is that for you like being around so many stars i suppose um you know they're just people Mm -hmm. 
They're just people. <laughs> like when I first started, I would get a little bit nervous. And there are a couple of people that I definitely fangirled mm-hmm. over. But as soon as they walk in and you say hi to them, all of that goes yeah. away. Like they're all, everyone is so kind mm-hmm. and so nice. Mm-hmm. And it's like everyone. <laughs> well, <laughs> except for one person. <laughs> well, yeah, Who shall only about a couple of people. <laughs> Most people, the majority of people, are just really nice yeah. human beings, mm-hmm. and that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I try to not like fangirl mm-hmm. over people because they get that all the time mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that this house that they're walking into whether it's for a women of impact dinner or health theory shoot it doesn't matter mm-hmm. they need to feel like they're welcome yeah. and that they're safe mm-hmm. and that they're comfortable and able to be open yeah because that's so important like we're producing a show where these people are sharing really um intimate details of their life sometimes mm-hmm. And if I'm not like being the first contact for them in the house, if I'm not like a warm and welcoming mm-hmm. person, not a warm and welcoming fan, mm-hmm. because there's a difference, it's just going to set up the whole shoot for failure. Mm-hmm. And again, goes back to at the end of, end of the day, it's not about me, it's about the show. Yeah, definitely. I know. The- <laughs> well, something I'm wondering is do you, in meeting people, ever not want to kind of share exactly what you do at the risk of like do they want to be close with me or do they want like insight into the show or these people Mm. i have access to did you ever because i know i definitely felt like that and i you know still do sometimes it's like i put up a wall because i'm like do you actually want to get to know me and be my friend Mm -hmm. or is it just like you want access to someone else who you know i'm connected with yeah um it's definitely it can be sifting through that Mm -hmm. for sure because i'm always skeptical Mm -hmm. of people that i don't know that reach out to me Mm -hmm. personally but that's also because i don't have a big social presence Mm -hmm. so people aren't just like stumbling upon my page yeah you know like but but i feel like also in real life i feel like it's like me i don't know people in la it's like what do you do and you say oh i produced this show and like if somebody knows that show, they'd be like, oh, like she's connected with the videos. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah. All these people. Yeah, for sure. And they're like, I'm definitely not bashing on our fans because there are some people that support us like through and through mm-hmm. and they don't have any ill intention whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Like they're just genuinely so kind yeah. and so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are like the true fans. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people, however, that are I don't know if they're like newer to mm-hmm. our content mm-hmm. or if they've I don't know just have no boundaries I'm not sure but they will um reach out with like crazy asks like what like I mean hey I just started this company and I would love for you guys to buy some stuff <laughs> you know it was like what yeah, you and everyone else yeah and it's <laughs> It, it's bizarre. Yeah. It's very weird. Um, so I don't know who else they're emailing and if that actually works for mm-hmm. them. It's an interesting marketing strategy, yeah. I suppose. Um, <laughs> um, or people that, you know, reach out and just want to be, like, featured on 
our social pages, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it's like, wh- what does that do for us? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, goes back I keep to, saying the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what value are you bringing to us? Yeah. Um, but when I get messages, it's definitely, it can definitely be disheartening sometimes mm-hmm. feeling like I'm just the go between, mm-hmm. between people that want to get to Lisa and Lisa mm-hmm. or people that want to get to Tom and Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I have a good answer with yeah. how to deal with it because it's hard and it, it's kind of a case by case basis too yeah. because some people have a really cool story mm-hmm. and a really interesting thing that they're doing and sometimes I will bring it to Tom and Lisa mm-hmm. if I'm like this person's actually interesting mm-hmm. and they don't have a weird ask of us yeah you know yeah um but most people like I don't I don't know what their end goal is mm-hmm. you never know yeah it's and risky it, it's like dating <laughs> oh god do they just want to get oh, in yeah. my pants or do they want right. to marry me <laughs> oh my god oh my god here we go <laughs> oh god yeah i mean but that's how it is with anyone yeah you know? like you're entering yeah. into any type of like relationship where you're like you don't know that's yeah scary. well and people don't build real relationships mm-hmm. these days yeah like they have they don't. a lot of assholes well yeah (laughs) Yeah. there's a lot of assholes for sure (laughs) but um but like they have these social social media relationships which can be great but if you're trying to get something done with your business or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like it's just not as meaningful as an in-person relationship yeah so how do you translate that people think that they translate that by going through me i'm the wrong person to go through yeah don't do that yeah like it's just it's a respect thing too Mm -hmm. it's like respect me and what i'm trying to do respect my time yeah that's all i I feel you yeah i'm curious as the producer like with the shows just because you're talking about like some of the fans versus people who have asked like um and then i'm thinking about trolls (laughs) um obviously you like listen to everybody on the team but do you look at like random people feedback about the show like on youtube yeah um, do you read the comments ye- yeah i do read oh, the comments why? i know it's literally torture sometimes because youtube is the most trolly YouTube place the ever place, like- here's the thing though it's only at least in my experience and mm-hmm. on my shows we only have trolls on health theory because like we were talking about before health is religion and people feel very strongly about their own personal health and what's worked for them and they feel like they have to push it on to everyone else um so the comments are often negative on that show Mm -hmm. on women of impact however and on impact theory Mm -hmm. our main show they are overwhelmingly positive okay. so sometimes if i need a boost yeah like i'm having a bad day yeah i'll just go read through those comments because uh-huh. i know that they're gonna be good yeah and it's like people are saying this episode changed my life mm-hmm. oh my god this is so amazing and so that feels good but no i i as often as i can um avoid the health theory comments that's so interesting that they have the uh, that has the worst comment like yeah Wow. Yeah. Get, that makes sense. And people are mean. Oh, people They're are horrible. They're so mean. People are horrible. They're so mean. And it's like, what did that person ever do to you? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you so it's offended by something that screen. they're saying about health? Because that person's not really offended at what, what they're saying. It's like 
and their own personal insecurity and they're trying to project yeah, they're trying to sure. get out anger they're trying to feel superior for a moment because they're angry in their own lives and it's easy to feel superior by like put tearing some random ass person down that you don't know than, yeah like, facing mm-hmm. whatever's going on in your life like yeah it's too bad well and it's so funny i always joke about this with my team i'm like you guys, I've never in my life left a comment on a YouTube video. I know. <laughs> and I've I've worked on YouTube shows for like yeah. five years and I've never left a comment on a YouTube video in my life. So I don't understand who these people not are. Not a good one. I've left no. a few good com- comments. No. I've never watched a video and felt compelled to leave a comment, even if I loved the video. Mm, never. See, in, but this is the thing. People, it goes back to that bias situation of like, never like never read reviews about like getting laser on your face because <laughs> the only people who leave reviews are people who had horrible experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. Things like that. Or like even Yelp reviews are all skewed. Like right. it's hard to get people to say something nice. We have as humans like a hard time saying ni- like giving compliments, saying nice things out of the kindness of our hearts, which we all need to work on. Anyone who has something negative to say or any mm-hmm. negative emotion, they want to take it out. And yeah. like on whoever is just the first in line of fire. Yeah. Um it's very sad, mm-hmm. you know, but like, I don't know. I try and make a conscious effort to leave positive comments when I can because That's nice. the, tr- like the only, the people who speak are the trolls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think people feel judged mm-hmm. by other people talking about health ideas that are different from oh, their for own. Sure. You yeah. know, like if I'm not doing what this person says, then that means I'm a bad person. Yeah, I'm unhealthy and I'm bad, yeah. Yeah, and that's not what it is at all. Yeah. Like, why are, if you're taking someone's general health advice mm-hmm. personally and you're offended by it, like, that's something that you need to assess within yourself. Yeah. It's interesting because it's even more so, it's more so internalized because health has turned into a good or bad, right or wrong thing versus, like, religion. It's, like, mm-hmm. worse than religion or even politics to some extent where it's like like i know some people will say like okay a political affiliation or like a religion might be like right or wrong but most people are just like oh well that person is jewish or catholic Mm -hmm. or like buddhist like that's just what it is so it's just like i'm separated yeah versus like in health it's like you're wrong because you did it wrong. Because it's right. good or bad. Versus, right. Like, we just believe different things. People don't think of health as like we just believe different things. Think of it as like you are right or wrong. Yeah. Like and it's not that black and white. Yeah. And yeah, that's it's. I think because everyone's insecure about it because they don't know. Yeah. You know, so they're like they're insecure, and then they think if someone else says that what they did work, then they're like, oh, so you're saying what I'm doing is bad. Mm-hmm. It's like I wasn't even thinking about you. I was just thinking about myself. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, I always think about this when I do feel like torturing myself and reading through the health theory comments. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I find myself getting really upset mm-hmm. by comments that people are leaving. And granted, sometimes I'm getting upset because they're just mean comments. Like they're not this even person's about you, a though, loser. Which is super interesting. It's like yeah, it's nothing about your producing. No, no, no. It's never about like the yeah. quality of the show because mm-hmm. I know that the quality of the show, the show is really good. But um, but sometimes I feel I'm getting upset by something mm-hmm. because they don't – I don't know. I think maybe this is just a theory. Mm-hmm. Health, health theory. theory. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but sometimes I feel like 
if I can't make people understand what this person on the show is saying, then Mm -hmm. I haven't done my job Mm -hmm. as a producer. So I know that the quality of the show is good, but they're not hearing the message in the right way. Mm -hmm. Like, could I have cut the show better Mm -hmm. so that they would hear the message? Yeah, that's a tough burden. But no, absolutely you can't because people can't receive what they're ready, what they're not ready to receive. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. it was actually... It was interesting today in the, okay, we're at the MTA conference. <laughs> um, and today at the, the herbalism panel, I don't really know how this came up, but it, she, this woman was talking about, um, she's like, you know, sometimes people need to change what they think of as healing. She's like, it's not necessarily that all your symptoms will go away. It's that you change your relationship with the symptoms mm-hmm. and you learn to live in a way that's happy and you still feel great. Like, and you're working with your body. Um, and I don't know where it reminds me of that. It's like, maybe you're not ready to receive or you can't force someone to be ready to heal or to receive anything. It's like, they have to be ready to flip their mindset. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's all about mindset yeah. and perception. Yeah. Yeah. And that's on the individual. She, mm-hmm. and she was saying this in the context of like, even if I give them the perfect herbals the perfect supplements perfect diet like if that person isn't ready to heal they never will and it's the same it's like you could cut the show perfectly or have the perfect guest like have the perfect quotes like everything could be right on but if they're not ready to receive like they won't have received the message Mm -hmm. you know yeah no no it's so true it's so true yeah yeah and it's it's just hard with health topics Mm -hmm. for sure like health theory health theory is hard for sure um to get good feedback on mm-hmm. because all the feedback is all over the place yeah. um on women of impact it's a little bit easier yeah. well lesson <laughs> for everyone is like if there's any anyone who creates content that you enjoy like tell them yeah like, leave positive comments and ratings and reviews and like share it like i don't think people understand how much that and it's free to you like mm-hmm. you don't it's not it doesn't cost you a dollar to leave a positive comment. Yeah. You know? And it means a lot to people who create so that they know it's like worth it. Cause sometimes it can feel like you're putting in so much work and effort. It's like, does anyone even hear? Like, like, does anyone care? Because right. all I'm hearing are these negative comments. So like, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's hard. And people are much more likely to leave a negative comment. Like mm-hmm. you said, than they are a positive one. Um, and I would love to change that, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause yeah. we do see the comments. Yeah. We're not immune to them. There are people that are working on the show beyond just the person that you're trying to insult on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, I don't know, like we yeah. get comments about everyone that's on the show, whatever guests, yeah. whatever they're saying, people are offended. Um, which part of that for me is accepting that not every guest is going to resonate with everyone. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's okay. But just because not every guest... Okay, like, if you don't like your guest on someone's show, that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean that you can't learn something from it. You probably will learn more from a person who you don't resonate... You think you don't resonate with. Right. Yeah. Honestly. Like, what is that disconnect there? Mm-hmm. Why aren't they resonating with you? Mm-hmm. Like, there are people that you just don't gel with in mm-hmm. life. And that's... That's part fine. of just living that's fine but what is the resistance yeah like because you can learn something about yourself identify that. that exactly yeah, you know exactly. you learn more from that than like exactly i know i gravitate towards like people who have the same perspective as me and i'm like 
But then I realized I'm getting bored with this because I'm, it's like listening to my own ideas over mm-hmm. and over again. How am I yeah. learning or growing? Right. But it's like when you listen to someone you think you hate or you mm-hmm. listen to some idea that you're like, I don't agree with that. Then you pull things out where you learn and you grow. Oh, yeah. And it's it's hard to be pe- to be around people that challenge you mm-hmm. all the time. Like emotionally, it can be difficult if mm-hmm. you're not ready for it. But it's the only way that mm-hmm. you're going to grow as yeah. a human being truth i think that's a good way to wrap it up everyone do things like that okay last question for you what has been your favorite part so far of this weekend (laughs) i mean the two plates of cauliflower we ate tonight So good. I wish I could take a tickle box. I know. It was probably the best cauliflower I've ever had in my life. Yeah, that was really good. It was tahini cauliflower with, I know, I'm pretty sure it was labeled vegan, but I, I'm like 95% sure there's ghee on it, like butter. Yeah. It's probably ghee. It's sponsored by Mount Capra. It's probably their yeah. goat ghee on there. Yeah. So uh, you, you heard crack. it here first. NTA knows how to, um, Throw a good banquet <laughs> dinner. It's like NTA prom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We ditched a podcast. <laughs> yeah. We left early. People are still getting down and dirty on the dance floor. Oh, my gosh. We are podcasting. All the NTA We got tea and podcast. Wow. Yeah. What a role reversal. Just, okay. Can you just paint this picture? <laughs> Everyone at the NTA conference is like between 40 and like 60. No. Yeah. Like, is, is that accurate? Yeah. I think that's probably yeah. accurate. Like yeah. 40 and 60. Um, and like right now, like on the dance floor, like at, getting down, yeah, getting down, getting dance. down they and dirty. Live band that was severely questionable. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, you and I, I was like, I told Michelle, I'm like, I'm definitely the youngest person here. <laughs> like, yeah, this whole you're definitely the youngest. I'm not far behind <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, like we're the youngest people there. I'm for sure the youngest. And um, we dipped out of the party early <laughs> to get fucking tea <laughs> and sit on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my god it says in, it says yeah i mean like we were just saying earlier tonight we're both like in our 20s going on 75 yeah it's it's a it's a vibe it's a mood yeah i'm into it yeah cool well thanks it. for coming on the oh, show thank you for having me tell so everyone where they connect can connect with you if they would like to shoot you a positive comment <laughs> <laughs> if you want to send me a dm <laughs> just kidding um well you can follow me at well by michelle but you're gonna get more about valuable content if you follow at women of impact okay. on instagram and youtube and then health theory is released on the tom bilyeu youtube channel and that is spelled B-I-L-Y-E-U. Bill you. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, put it in the Thanks. show notes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much to Michelle for coming on the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed recording it. Make sure you follow Michelle on Instagram as well by Michelle. And make sure you check out Health Theory and Women of Impact if you enjoy this podcast. You absolutely love the content over there. And you can see Michelle's incredible work. And in the meantime, if you want to show your support and leave a positive comment, I always appreciate it. You can head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review on there. It just takes a second, and it really does mean the world to me when you do that. Also, when you share the episodes on social media, that always makes my day. I love to hear that you guys are listening and enjoying the podcast and want to share it with other people. It makes me so happy. And of course, if you are not already in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, please join. 
you can meet other listeners and interact in there and just meet more people in the community. So that's going to be it for this episode. Next time I chat with you, I will be back in sunny San Diego. It better be sunny. And in the meantime, I will be eating my way through the rest of Austin. So I hope you have an amazing day and I will chat with you again next time. Bye.